And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. You have a future in Jesus. You have a future in Jesus. Would you set down your Bibles and lift up your hands and let's pray here today. Come on, there's some people that there's a prophetic move of God that happens every single service. And it's Jesus pulling you into a future with him. Come on, let's pray right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Pray beyond where you are and reach out and grab the hand of Jesus. Come on, there's a future in Jesus. There's a future in Jesus. You may not see it right now, but there's one there. You just got to reach out and grab a hold of it. Hallelujah. We give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands one more time in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. May God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. You have a future in Jesus. The book of Revelations is probably one of the most studied books of the Bible. Many people that are not even believers like to look through the book of Revelations. And really they do that as a means to an end. They are often going through turbulent times in the world and they're trying to figure things out. Somebody told them, somewhere along the lines about the book of Revelations, that it holds many keys to the end time of humanity, and it does. Uh, we can't get that messed up. It does hold information. Many that have made their living trying to decipher the many different metaphors and meanings and some things trying to figure out what's literal, what is not, what's a week and what's 70 years, they don't know. Uh, and at the end of it all, nobody does. So if you are a Re Book of Revelation scholar, um, I want you to maybe change your major. Hallelujah. Because at the end of the day, nobody really knows. But one thing that we are certain of is a few things that we find in this book. Number one, this book is not about anything other than Jesus. Hallelujah. It is all about Jesus. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And everything that is and everything that we see in this book it's all pointing to jesus amen i want you to know that 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 goes for the book of revelations as well as the book of leviticus every single thing is pointing to jesus the the testimony of jesus is the spirit of prophecy and i'm going to get into that more in depth here in a little bit, but one of the reasons it's saying that, one of the de definitions, is it's letting us know that in the very essence of prophecy, it points back to Jesus. Whether you are in the Old Testament and you see a ram in the thicket like I talked about a little bit last week, it is pointing you straight to Jesus. Or whether you are reading about a virgin that will be with child, it is pointing you to Jesus. Every prophecy, both past, present, and future that will come is going to always point to Jesus. Let me just make a quick point here. If it doesn't point to Jesus, it's fortune-telling. If it doesn't point to Jesus, it is not a prophecy. If it doesn't lead you closer to Jesus, come on, somebody. If it's not taking you closer to him, closer to heaven, closer to being a worshiper of God, you might as well throw it out of the window because it's a bunch of junk. What you need is you need to get a hold of Jesus. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. 
Amen. Don't want to get ahead of myself, but we'll eventually get to that part. Amen. We find in the book of Revelations that this is written by John. He is, amen, an apostle. He has been boiled in oil. He has been exiled to the island of Patmos. He is watching as the church after, uh, after many years. It's not a brand new church. It's been around a few generations now. And he is watching as the church is suffering through horrible persecution. And in spite of it all, I love how the Bible starts the book of Revelations that John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. In other words, it does not matter what is happening externally out in the world or internally in the church. We have a mandate to be spiritual. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. It doesn't matter what's happening, good, bad, indifferent in the world or in the church. We have a mandate to make sure that we are praying in the Holy Ghost. We've got a mandate to make sure that we are spiritual people. Hallelujah. We've got to be praying people. We've got to be fasting people. We've got to be people that are continually worshiping God and seeking his face. Well, preacher, I don't know what's happening in the world. That's all right. Go ahead and be spiritual anyways. I don't know what's going to happen with this next four years. I don't know either, but I've made it up in my mind. I'm going to be a praying person. Mm. Come on. I'm going to be at church, and I'm going to be glad about it. I'm going to be worshiping, and I'm going to be dancing in the altar, and I'm going to be praying with people. Why? Because I've made it up in my mind. If Jesus came back right now, I wanted to find a church that's in the spirit, not the flesh. A church that's praying, not gossiping. A church that, come on, somebody, that's got their eyes on the prize and not on the problems. Got their eyes on Jesus, affixed to the one that's going to get us up out of this place and not on everything else that's going wrong in this world. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give them a shout of praise. John is exiled. John is worried about the church. He's worried about what's going on. I know what that feels like when you don't know exactly what's happening. But, but you got a mandate from heaven that you make it up in your mind. I'm going to make sure that I am in the spirit. I am praying. Hallelujah. Because people that don't pray, they don't see a whole lot. Amen. People that don't pray, they look up just like the young prophets of servants, uh, servant of the prophet, and they say, man, there's a whole lot against us. And the prophet has to say, man, you're not praying again. You're not spiritual again. God, open up this guy's eyes so he can see what's really happening. Amen. What it might take for some people to see the good in God's kingdom is a simple prayer meeting to say, man, God, look what the Lord has done and look what the Lord's doing. When people begin to pray, all of a sudden, God opened his eyes and he said, look at what all God's got going. Can I help you? God's still saving people. God's still healing people. God's still redeeming and delivering. They might walk in on drugs, but they can walk out free. They might walk in in bondage, but they can walk out liberated and shouting and praising the name of the Lord. Somebody clap your hands and magnify him. Hallelujah. Amen. The, the, the fact that John was in the spirit, he gets a revelation of Jesus Christ. In the flesh, the, the, the carnal mind is the enemy of God. In the flesh, when we are not praying, we don't see a whole lot. 
But if we can get in the spirit, we can start to get access and see what God wants to show us. Whether it be present or whether it be past or whether it, whether it be a revelation and a prophecy of our future. Amen. If we can get out of our flesh and get in the spirit of God, he'll begin to take us. Amen. The angel of the Lord grabbed John by the hand and said, let me take you some places. There's people that are tired of seeing the same old, same old. Well, let me help you. If you can get in the spirit and get a hold of Jesus. He'll grab you by the hand and he'll start showing you things in your walk with God. Amen. I've been living for God almost 20 years, probably half as long as some people, but I haven't gotten bored yet because every time I think I figured him out, he does something new in a new way. Every time I think I got church figured out, amen, Jesus shows up in a special manner. Every time I think I've seen it all, done it all, Jesus comes by and he says, let me take you a little higher, son. Let me show you a little more. God's got more than we've got time for. God's got more available. We just got to go after the more. Oh, somebody clap your hands. Come on, does anybody want more? Does anybody want more God? Not more flesh, not more world, not more TV, not more movies, not more junk. I want more of Jesus. Amen. He got a little more of God because he was in the spirit. Amen. Sometimes what is limiting our capacity for living in the overflow is whether or not we are filled up with all the other junk of this world. John said, man, I've, I, I've risked it all. I've been boiled in oil. I've been exiled. Everything's falling apart. Amen. I, I, I just made it up my mind. In spite of all of that, I'm going to be in the spirit. And the angel takes him and shows him layer after layer of heavenly things, things that no man can understand even today after thousands of years of study. He's got trouble comprehending everything. John never fully understood it all. He just wrote it down. Amen, because he knew that one day it's going to make a difference in somebody's life. And here we find him after 19 chapters. He's fallen to near the, near the very end. Amen. He's getting near, near the end of this revelation, the end of the layers of what God's going to show him before he passes on. And there, John, in the spirit on the Lord's day, he's taken to this place and he sees 24 elders. I don't know who they are. They might be the apostles. They might be the 12 tribes of Israel. I don't really know. All I do know is that they were doing something. The Bible says that the elders and the beasts, amen, whether you're an elder or a beast, amen, I want to tell you what you can do. The Bible says they were worshiping God. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I don't have enough together. I don't know. Well, I got news for you. You, don't, you can be a beast or you can be high ranking. It doesn't matter what you are. All that matters is what you do with what you got. Amen. You might say, well, I, I don't have it all together. I'm just a beast of the field. I don't really understand how life's going to happen. I don't really know exactly what to do. I'll tell you what you can do. Everybody on the face of the earth uh, was created to worship God. And you can throw your hands in the air. You can bounce whatever you feel. And you can begin to worship God. It goes all the way from Genesis uh, to the end of Revelations. Uh, there are people that were created for worship and at the very end uh, they are still worshiping God. Can I preach it? Amen. How I feel it. In other words, it doesn't matter what happens in life. Amen. There's still a reason to give God praise. Amen. It doesn't matter what's going on in your world. You might not feel like it right now, but I want you to know that there's still a reason. As the song says, you've got a right. It is a privilege for you to worship God in spirit and in truth. Somebody clap your hands. Come on, let's worship him for a few moments.
Hallelujah. Some people want to know why church is so loud. The Bible says John saw the 24 elders and the beast. It got loud. He saw people out of every nation under heaven, every kindred, every tongue, as they began to worship God. And the Bible says it was like the sound of many waters. In other words, it was a deafening sound. Well, we ought to be quiet when we come to church. Show me one verse in the Bible. (laughs) You ain't going to find it because when you worship, uh, you praise him on the high sounding cymbals. You praise him with a timbrel and a dance. Come on, somebody. Amen. When you praise him, uh, you praise him according to his excellent mercies. Uh, you praise him according to his greatness. Uh, amen. You might, if you praise him based on how your day was, uh, you might sit there with a golf clap. Uh, but when you worship God based on how excellent he is uh, and how wonderful he's been. Uh, I don't know about you, but what I'm doing when I come to church is I'm just warming up for one day. I'm going to be part of that group that John saw. It's going to be like the sound of many waters. It's going to be a deafening sound, but every single one of us is going to be worshiping and praising. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Oh, somebody do that right now. Somebody lift up your voice and worship him. Hallelujah to the Redeemer. Hallelujah to the God of heaven and earth that redeemed me out of the hand of the enemy. I thank God I've got a testimony of what Jesus has done. And that's why I give him praise. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. He hears the sound of many waters. Elders and the beasts. They're all falling down and they are worshiping God because they know if it wasn't for Jesus. Some people lost their praise a long time ago because they forgot about Jesus. They got wrapped up in all the other issues, but they forgot about Jesus. Praising people, remember what Jesus has done. Amen. He hears the sound of many waters. Amen. He hears all these people worshiping God, and, and he doesn't know what to do. He, he hears people that are singing about how great and how powerful God is, and John is enduring tr- persecution in the church, and if he, could ever, if he ever gets out of the Spirit, he remembers what's going on in the world, and, and he's trying to compare the two. How do I compare where the church is going and where the church is? How do I compare, amen, the sound of many waters, and, and yet everything that's going on with Nero and he's burning people at the stake and, and John's trying to put them together amen and, the, and he falls down and he doesn't know what to do so he starts worshiping angels he's trying to figure out what's the right thing to do in this moment and the angel says get up you miss what they were saying See, you heard the noise, but you missed what they were talking about. They weren't talking about me. And he tells John, stand up. Amen. He said, every one of these people, every one of these beasts, they are falling down. And they are worshiping Jesus. I love this phrase. He gets rebuked and he tells him, don't worship anything but God. Amen. Can I help the church in the 21st century with all this junk out there, whether it be social media, whether it be television or anything else? Amen. You're going to get a lot of junk come your direction as you live through this dirty world. But can I help you with what he showed John when it comes down to it? Don't worship anything but God. Don't worship anything but God. Don't worship anyone but God. There's no amount of money. There's not a job. There's not a a person. There's not a political official. Everything that we are is to worship the God of heaven and of earth. 
Oh, somebody ought to do that. Come on, that's what we are as apostolic people. We are worshipers of God. Don't worship anything but God. If there's ever been a message that has to be stated, it is that. Don't worship anything but God. Whatever you give your time to, you are worshiping it. Whatever you give your talents to, you are worshiping it. Whatever you give your treasure to, you are worshiping it. If it ever gets to the place where you are giving more to it than you are to God, it doesn't matter what it is or who it is. You have just created an idol out of it. And God doesn't, doesn't like idols. He said, you shall have no other gods before me. Amen. He said, you got to get rid of all that junk. What is God saying at the very end time? He's saying, hey, I know there's going to be a lot of things come by, and it's going to shock you, on. Amen. But make sure at the end of the day, the one thing you worship and you keep your worship right is you worship God. Oh, somebody, I feel them in the house. Come on, let's lift up our hands. Let's pray for a moment. I came to preach to somebody. I preached last week about living without God and living with God. But right here, amen, sometimes it transfers into your worship. Amen, it transfers into your lifestyle. Amen, whether or not you are truly serving God, he deserves all your praise. He deserves all your worship. He rebukes them and says, don't worship me. Don't worship an experience. Don't worship an encounter. Don't worship this, that, and the other. You fill in the blank with whatever it might be that you could struggle with. He says, don't worship that. He says, worship God. And this is why. Because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I want to help somebody understand that as best as I can. The angel uses an interesting combination of words to describe the gospel, the testimony, and the witness of Jesus. If I could put it in my own language, the, the testimony of Jesus is when Jesus stepped in. Those that had the testimony of Jesus. In other words, amen, those that allowed Jesus to step in. He said, don't, don't worship me, worship with me. Amen. He said, don't worship me, worship with me and your brethren. Amen. That all got a testimony that somewhere along the lines, Jesus stepped in. The only way we could have made it this far is because Jesus stepped in. Amen. He calls the testimony of Jesus, which is the gospel. Amen. We, we, which, which is the gospel of the kingdom of God. The spirit of prophecy. The gospel in its basic essence is the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. We find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The death is when you and I join him by repenting of our sins. We say, God, I'm sorry. We turn from our sins and we turn towards God. You can't just turn from your sins to self-righteousness. You actually got to turn from your sins and turn towards the living God. And when you repent, you have joined him in his death on Calvary. And then Romans tells us that when we are baptized in Jesus' name, when we put you down in water, amen, the Bible says we are buried with him through baptism. And the final part, amen, of obeying the gospel, amen, is receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the spirit of the living God that dwells on the inside of you and I. And the biblical way, amen, the way that all 
of us have received the Holy Ghost is the Bible says that we will speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives us the ability. What am I preaching to you? If you want the spirit of prophecy, if you want a future, you've got to join Jesus in the death, the burial, and the resurrection. In other words, if you want a future, you've got to get saved. In other words, if you want a future, you've got to allow Jesus to step into your life and start turning things around. Does anybody got the testimony of Jesus? Can anybody testify if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side? Let Israel say, where would we be? Is there anybody that's got a testimony that before the gospel I was powerless? Before the gospel I was addicted? Before the gospel I was messed up and on drugs? Before the gospel I was depressed? Before the gospel I was lost? Before the gospel I was blind? Is there anybody that can testify that if it had not been for Jesus, I wouldn't be worshiping with you. If it hadn't been for Jesus, I wouldn't be able to lift my hands freely. If it had not been for Jesus, somebody give him praise. Take about 30 seconds. If you got a testimony that Jesus stepped in and changed your life, give him praise. Come on, let's praise him for just a few moments. Come on, it's been a while since some people remembered how good God's been and what good things the Lord's done if it wasn't for Jesus. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection. And then he says that the, the, the testimony or the gospel of Jesus Christ in spirit or in its nature, amen, it is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy is a future event yet to be fulfilled, something yet to be accomplished, something that has yet to be completed. This phrase and this verse has always intrigued me since I've been saved, and, and I, I haven't even plumbed close to the depths of it. I've still got a lot more I've got to get out of it. But I, I felt in my prayer time, amen, to try my best to bring it to the church. Amen. The word spirit there is used in a sense of character. It's the nature of a thing. In other words, the testimony of Jesus is the nature of prophecy. Amen. What he is really telling us is the gospel in its nature and in its essence is prophetic. In other words, if I could put it back to my title, when you encounter Jesus, what Jesus does is he points you to your future. Amen. You might not have had a future before Jesus, but after Jesus, amen, there is a a prophetic utterance Amen. that happens when you collide with Jesus. And you might have been on drugs, but Jesus. And you might have been sleeping around, but Jesus. And you might have been lost, but Jesus. And you might have been sick, but Jesus. Come on, somebody. You might have been backslidden, not going to church, knowing you weren't living right, but Jesus. You might have been swallowed up by sorrow and by shame and by guilt and condemnation was your best friend, but Jesus. In other words, when you collided with Jesus, he said, let me give you a better hope. Let me give you a better future. Let me give you a better tomorrow. I know you today's been bad. I know yesterday's been bad, but I got a tomorrow that'll blow your mind. Oh, somebody give him praise. (laughs) 
the testimony of Jesus, the testimony of Jesus stepping in, amen, gives us a hope and a promise for tomorrow. Can I help somebody here today? We all, and I say that all definitively, we all have a past. Well, I don't have a past. I've been perfect. That makes you and Jesus. <laughs> Last I checked, there was one on the throne. So <laughs> your, your application to sit on that throne has been declined. And Jesus is the only one that's perfect. But, but last I checked, we all have a past. Now, there's some people that want to say, well, my past wasn't as bad as their past. Okay. Yeah, that's called moral relativity. My goodness is based on their badness. See, this is where people get super spiritual and critical of other people. Because, well, if, you know, they do this and that, I don't do that. You know what it is? It's the two people praying, and one's there, and he's a righteous, quote-unquote, individual. And he goes to the temple, and the Bible says he prayed by himself. See, there's some people came to church by themselves today. Amen. They thought because they got dressed up all cute that they came with Jesus. No, you came all by yourself because you came to show how much better you were than everybody else. But there was somebody else that came to church that day. Amen. They showed up and they said, I know I'm messed up. I know I'm a liar. I know I'm a cheater. I know I'm a thief. I know I slept around. I know I was on drugs. I know I got addictions and problems. But Lord, please have mercy on me. I wish I had somebody that would just let the self-righteousness go and say, you know what? It's me, oh Lord, that's been standing in the need of prayer. You know what that looks like on a church level? Pastor, that was a great message for everybody else. That was great for them. Yeah, they really needed that one. No, 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 you missed it. Look in the mirror. You needed that one too. Because before I ever preach anything to you, uh, i got to first preach it to me. And i got to let God preach it to me. And Jesus, uh, if there's ever been anything in me that says I think I'm better than anybody else, uh, God forgive me uh, because I'm still in need of grace. Uh, just like my brother, just like my sister, we all need God. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Come on, that's an admission. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I need you like when I was busted and backslid. Just as much as I do when I'm blessed and on a pew. I need you more today than I ever have. We all got a past. Not everybody wants to admit to it. Some people want to act like they've never done anything wrong. They're Jesus' little brother. Well, he was James. He did a lot of things wrong, but that's all right. But they want to act like they got it all together. And then this is why people struggle with coming to church. Because they think, I've got to be perfect. They missed it by a million miles. And I, and I fear that sometimes we've helped them miss it by a million miles. Because we've acted like we've got it all together. There is no better way to win people to God than to let them know that you got mistakes too. Pastor, you got mistakes. Yes, there was a time I sat on a church pew and my pastor said, I'm worried about you. I said, me too. I don't think I'm going to make it. There was times when I didn't know if I would go and keep going to church. Well, you, you, you're the pastor. Yes, there's times where I struggle too. But guess what? Amen. I've got a testimony of Jesus. 
See, the devil wanted me to get tied up in my past of what I was. And, and the devil wanted to get me locked up in what's going wrong in my present. And we all got a past. And we all got a present. But only those that got the testimony of Jesus have been promised a future, been prophesied a tomorrow, been prophesied that you can get up from where you are and where you've been, what you've been, and who you've been. You can get up from that and you can march forward into a future. Oh, somebody give him praise. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to give him great praise. Amen. You don't have to stay where you are. You can get up from where you are and say, you know what? I might have been busted, but I don't have to be busted forever. I might have been broke, but I don't have to be broke forever. I might have been lost, but I don't have to be lost forever. We all have a past i got to get that through to somebody because somebody had not believed me yet. I don't have a past. Yes, you do. And sometimes your past is your present because you never got out of your past. You've been living in your past for 30 years and haven't moved beyond it. And your past has become your present and your future. See, anytime you refuse to move forward, your past becomes your future. Hey, hallelujah. I came to preach. Amen. Whenever you make the decision, I'm not going to get better. I'm going to, I'm going to be just as unforgiving as I was last week, last year, last month, whatever you want to say. Amen. You're basically declaring, amen, that that's what I'm going to be next year. But every time you say, I might be making a change, and it may not seem like a whole lot, but I feel like God's convicting me and telling me to go to another level. What you're really saying is, I'm going to start taking one step forward. That's how you get into a better tomorrow. That's how you get into a better future. When you say, okay, God, I'm just going to obey the words you just gave me. I'm going to pray today. I didn't pray yesterday. Amen. It might not seem like a bunch because it's incremental, but incremental things make greatness happen. Oh, come on, somebody. It's the little better. Battles that win the war. It's the little victories that win the war. It's that prayer meeting you had that you didn't want to have that makes all the difference. We all have a past and the present, but the Bible even tells us no man is promised tomorrow. No future is promised. There's people put their trust in all sorts of things, and they think that if they put their trust in it, that they can trust in it. I'll put my, my, my trust in people, and then people fail you. Friends, family, relationships, and you think this is going to be the one that's going to work out this time. And you put it there. You maybe put it in, in a career or in a job and say, well, that's where my future is there, and then they lay you off. Come on. Anybody ever been there? I've been there. I've been fired. thought, man, I had a, man, I had a great job. Everything was going great, and then boom, hey, cutbacks. I'm the best employee. Yeah, great. Cutbacks. <laughs> There's people that put their trust in money. And then money fails them. Health and then health fails them. They, they do all these different things. And what they're doing is they're basically trying to hedge up for tomorrow. And I think there's, there's something good about that. I, I don't think there's 100% wrong with, with saying, okay, I, I, think, I think we ought to trust people. Amen? <laughs> I don't think we should be untrusting people. I think we ought to trust people. And, and, and the only way to, to know if you could trust somebody is just trust them and see what happens. But, but, but really, it's, it's one of those deals. Where I think we ought, to, we ought to trust people but, and trust things, but we shouldn't put our trust in those things. In other words, uh, my future's not wrapped up in that. 
Come on, my future's not wrapped up in this relationship. My future's not wrapped up in this person. My future's not wrapped up in this job. My future is not. My future, I've made it up in my mind. I had a Jesus moment, and it changed my life forever. And friends come and friends go. People come and people go. I'll get some relationships, and they hate me tomorrow. But I've made it up in my mind. I'm going to link up with Jesus. And and I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. And I'm going to put my life in Jesus. And I'm going to put my hope in Jesus. You want to know how you get joy unspeakable and full of glory. You put it in Jesus. Jesus put it this way. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust can destroy and thieves can break into steel. People always talk about the bank and they want to talk about money. But Jesus is going beyond that. He's saying don't put your, amen, don't put your hope, amen, in a locked vault where it can decay and where it can break apart. Amen. The Bible says we have a hope. Jesus Christ is the anchor of our soul. In other words, the world's turning upside down and we don't know what's going to happen, but we do know I'm anchored. Amen, Brother Mark. I got an anchor point, and I can trust. Can I help you? You can trust in Jesus. You don't have a future with that relationship. It might fall apart. You might not have a future at that job. It might fire you. But I can promise you one place. You got a future, and it's in Jesus. There's only one way you can have a future, and it's put your life in him. Somebody lift up your hands. Come on, let's pray for just a moment. Come on, anchor your life. Put it in Jesus. Put your trust in him. Put your hope in him. Put your joy in him. Say, all right, God, that's where I'm going to put it. I, I, I'm going to stop worrying being anxious and stressed out about all this other junk. I can't control. I've made it up in my mind. I'm going to put my life and I put it in your hands. Man, nobody can promise you tomorrow. Nothing can promise you tomorrow. But Jesus can promise you tomorrow. In fact, Jesus did promise you tomorrow. You see, the world can only point to what you've been and what you are. Yeah, I'm going to help somebody. This is where condemnation works its best. It points back to what you've been and where you are currently at. It has no faith for your tomorrow. It has criticisms, and it has problem, and it brings up all of this. This is what the devil is. He's the accuser of the brethren. And after you make a mistake, he comes by and tells you what, what a mistake you are. And he will condemn you over the dumbest little things. But I want to remind somebody, he couldn't live for God when there was no devil. So I wouldn't take any of his criticism because it's not coming, amen, from a pure source. Our flesh will condemn us. The world will condemn us. Amen. The devil will condemn us. And he'll point back to the past. And he'll point back to you messing up right now in your present and not doing what you know is right and not following God. And he'll keep pointing to that, pointing to that, pointing to that. Amen. But I've got, I've got some good news for you. The testimony of Jesus. Amen. It doesn't just, it knows you have a past, but it's done forgiving your past. It knows the problems in your presence. Amen. And it's colliding with the problems. 
problems in your present. Amen. And the testimony of Jesus, it points towards a better tomorrow and towards a future and says you can be free. You can be delivered. You can be healed. You can walk with peace. You can walk in joy. Come on, somebody. Jesus collides and says, I'm going to give you a prophetic word that your marriage can get better. I'm going to give you a prophetic word that you can come up out of that lifestyle. Come on. He says, you don't have to die there. Stay there. Let me convict you. Let me help you. Let me nudge you. Let me move you. You can be better. You can grow. Come on, somebody. Jesus, the way that God works is he stands there. God is outside of time. He can be in your past, present, and future. He can, he, oh, how can God forgive? I, I, I made a mistake. See, you haven't forgiven you. But he forgave you a long time ago. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, he, he died for you in 2,000 plus years ago. And here you are making a mistake right now. And the Bible says he died for you while you were a sinner. I wasn't even born yet. Because God was dying. Amen. And at the same time, God outside of time is forgiving. And God is pointing you prophetically towards a future. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to help somebody understand that. In other words, God's saying, hey, all your past, how, how does God forgive it all? And all things are passed away and all things are becoming new. He goes back and the Bible says he blots it out with his own blood. He says, it's as if it never happened. He goes back to the point of your worst mistake and says, I forgive it. Let's move on. The devil says, you did it. Don't move on. But God says, I forgive you. Can we just move forward? Can we just grow? Can we just get better? Because I have faith that you're going to be something one day. I got faith that you're going to shake the foundations and the gates of hell. I got faith. You might have messed up, but you're going to be a preacher one day. You, you Come on. You're going to be a pillar of God. You're going to stand firm in the word of God. Oh, somebody give him praise. Let's stand across the building. Come on, somebody lift up your hands. Come on. There was already provision for your mistake. He already taken care of that before you were even born. He took care of the provision of your mistake so that when you made that mistake, he was already prepared for it. Jesus makes provision for the mistake. You make the mistake, he takes care of it because you asked him to help you. That's where the collision happens. That's the testimony of Jesus right there. Now, there's some people have yet to come to that intersection. They have yet to come to that moment. They have yet to get to that place where they say, okay, Jesus, I have done this by myself, and I refused to let you help me up until this point. But today, I'm going to make it up in my mind that I'm going to let you collide with my mistake. It's going to be your forgiveness and my failure. Come on, somebody. And the gospel, it collides with failure, amen, and, and forgiveness. And they come together. And there's mistakes and there's mercy. And they all come together. But there's another part of this. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. He's got provision for your mistake here in the past because he already died on Calvary, was buried, and rose again. That's what, that's what happens. In your present, when you make the decision to obey God, when you make the decision to say yes to Jesus, when you make the decision, I'm going to accept the mercy of God, accept the grace of God, accept the forgiveness of God. When you make a decision, I'm going to repent of my sins, I'm going to be baptized in his name, and I'm going to let God fill me with the Holy Ghost. 
Come on, that's where the collision happens. That's where you gain what the, what the apostles saw, that those that have the testimony of Jesus, it might have been 20 years ago for you that you had this collision moment. It might be today that you have this collision moment. But there's another part. Jesus is also there in your future. And there he knows. Listen, some people think God is shocked by their past. Never once. Well, then if he's not shocked about my past, he's probably shocked about what I'm doing right now. Not once. Now, you might be shocked. That's pride. To think, oh, I could never do that. Well, Paul put it best. I know that in me and my flesh there is no good thing. The most sane people are capable of the craziest things. <laughs> if you want to know what you're capable of, just, just, just think of your wildest thought. That's what you're capable of, all right? And God knows it. And he still chooses to use us. He still chooses to forgive us. And there he is in our future. And he's saying, come on, you can do it. Come on, you, you, you got the grace for it. Come on. And the devil's going to be there trying to fight you from getting to your future. Come on. Oh, you can never make it. No, you've messed up too bad. No, if they only knew what you really thought, if they really only knew what you really were when the behind closed doors when you weren't shouting at church, if they only knew, trying to push you backwards. It's always trying to pull you backwards, pull you into path. Well, you're going to be just like your mom, be just like your dad. There's people that come by do the same thing. See, coming to church is not about being religious. It's about, it's about colliding with the testimony of Jesus. It's, there's something prophetic that happens. You think I'm just up here sweating. I'm up here trying to prophesy to your future and pull you out of your present and say, come on, come on. Well, you just don't know what I've been through. I don't, but he does. And in spite of it all, he's standing there and he sees a you that can make it all the way. And he's encouraging you. Come on, make the right choice. Say yes to my spirit. Let me lead you. Let me, come on. And sometimes God brings by a preacher and he prophesies and it doesn't look like it right now. He says, this time tomorrow, there's going to be rain. This time tomorrow, there's going to be food. This time tomorrow. And all of a sudden, amen, you start saying yes to the prophetic word. And you start marching in it. It's Abraham. No kids. You know what no kids meant? No future. No future. No heritage. No nothing. You're going to die and move on. And God says, if you'll follow me. Collision. If you follow me, I'll give you a future. And from the age of 75... All the way up, past 100 years old, he's walking. And he's going through battles. And he's getting beat up. But he looks for a city whose builder maker has got a city that has foundations. What is he doing? He's saying, I got a word from God. I got a word from God, and he said, I'm going to give you a future. And right now, it doesn't feel like it, but I made it up my mind. If he said, I'm, I'm, I, I can do it, if he said that I can make it, I'm going to make it. If God sent me by a preacher to give me a word to get me up out of my mess, I'm not going to stay here, lie, and die. I'm going to pick up my bed, and I'm going to start marching. This is how God works. The Bible says that Jesus speaks the things that are not as though they were. This is how God can create nothingness, have nothingness, and create something from it. If God could do that with nothing, 
If God could create man, let's go a little further forward. If God can create you and I out of dust, what can he do with a fully formed man and woman? Come on. Try to bolster your faith in God's word. What can God do? I know God can make, he can make a biggest fish fry they had in a long time out of a fish, few fish and a couple loaves of bread. But what can God do when we prepare a whole meal? I know he can flood the entire world with apostolic people with 120 in an upper room that don't have a Bible, that don't know anything. What can God do with us? The issue is too many people get stuck in their past or in their present and they don't allow the testimony of Jesus. See, this is why people resist the grace of God. Because the grace of God says, move forward. But I don't want to change. Move forward. But I don't want to grow. Move forward. The grace of God, the very essence of the grace of God, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy that says, come on, come on, come on. While I'm preaching this word here today, there's some people that God's been saying, I've been talking to you for a long time, and he began to tell you exact things. What is that? He's saying, I've got more for you. You see, you can only see through your vantage point right now, but he's looking all the way here. He sees every bump in the road. He sees every roadblock and every detour. He's not worried by it, but he wants you to start moving from where you are and say, okay, God, if you're going to give me a future, I'm going to start walking in it. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray. You have a future in Jesus. If you can keep following Jesus, come on, if, if, if you've ever had a moment with God, that moment where you went to church and that word came by, it might be today where you've needed a word to get up out of your out of your mess, out of the devil lying in your ear condemning you every day. It might be that intersection right now where the grace of God, the testimony of Jesus hits you and it's going to tell you from today, let's move forward. From today, let's grow. From today. I feel Jesus. Somebody pray. We're going to sing here in a moment, but I want somebody to lift up their voice and pray. Jesus is in this house today. And pasts don't matter in Jesus' presence. And your present problems don't matter in Jesus' presence. He begins to speak a word over your life and says, come on. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. You can move beyond that. We can grow beyond that. If you take me by, if you let me take you by the hand, I can get you out of that mess. Come on. I can get you out of that thought process. I got more I can say, but we just need to pray right now. We need to pray. There's people right now that they don't really feel like they have much of a future. Devil's been holding them back. Life's been holding them back. Their own mind has been holding them back. Their feelings have been holding them back, and they can't move beyond it. They can't forgive. They, they're saying, I just can't get past this. And God sent you a preacher to tell you if you, can, if you can let the grace of God hit you right now, amen, he'll give you a word about your future. He'll begin to pull you from where you are. Amen, he'll help you out of where you've been stuck and get you unstuck. He'll get you out of that rut, and he'll move you forward. Come on, somebody. I want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray? Right now, what we're going to do is we're going to come and pray, and we're going to say, God, God, 
right now I'm going to say yes to you in my in this moment in my present I know I got a past I know I got a present but in you I know I can have a future and whatever future you got for me that's the future I want if you say it's possible I want it if you're calling me to it I want it come on I want to open up this altar would you come Come on, that's it. Somebody pray. Come on, there's a word for your future right now. It says get out of that. You can come out of that. You can you can lay it. Come on, there's a future for you in Jesus. Well, I don't know how my marriage is going to work. There's a future for you in Jesus. I don't know how my ministry is going to work. There's a future for you in Jesus. I, I don't know how life's going to work out for me. There is a future for you, but it is found in Jesus. That's it. Somebody come and pray. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word, my testimony. Overcomer. I'm an overcomer. Come on, that's it. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. By the blood of the Lamb. We worship God because He calls us into a better future. right now let's pray right where you are God's calling you by the blood you can come out of where you are you can come out of the mindset you had the way you were come on anybody got a testimony Jesus is able
have a testimony rescued me testimony delivered me this is the word Jesus testimony testimony has anybody been delivered I have a testimony I've never been the same testimony I can lift my hands and say this is the word of my testimony I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word. And by the word, I test my testimony. Overcomer, I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word. And by the word, my testimony. Spirit by his life. I'm healed, I'm 
forever and because you might have been on your way to a devil's hell you might have been on your way to be a drug addict to be divorced whatever that might be but when you come in contact with Jesus he changes it forever and says I've got a different future for you I've got a better future for you come on that's the testimony of Jesus when you say I got a testimony what you're really saying is if it had not been for Jesus and maybe it's right now that if it was not for today you wouldn't be there tomorrow but right now lift up your hands and worship God amen and say Lord thank you for what you're doing I now have a testimony I now have a testimony of the goodness of God I've got a testimony of his healing power I've got a testimony of his ability to save to deliver to forgive whatever it might be begin to worship him based on the fact that that testimony changed your eternity that testimony changed your life forever
Come on, let's just pray for a few moments. Let's pray for a few moments. He's in this house right now. Come on, that gospel working power is here right now. The power of the witness of Jesus is here right now. If you need healing in your body, I want to I want to give you an opportunity to pray. God, heal my body. Come on, if you need deliverance in your life, I want you to begin to pray, God, would you set me free? And when you pray that, today's going to be a moment, and you're going to remember it. And there's other people, maybe today's a day of remembrance, uh, where you think back on the fact that if it wasn't for the Lord, uh, amen, I'd be backslidden. If it wasn't for the Lord, I wouldn't be saved. If it wasn't for the Lord, amen, maybe your marriage would have fallen apart. If it wasn't for the Lord, you'd still be on a bar stool. If it wasn't for the Lord, come on, there's people right now, you'd be lost and undone. Uh, but because God showed up, uh, amen, you have a future. Uh, because God showed up, you have a house. Because uh, God showed up, you got a good spouse. Come on somebody because God showed up. And when you think about what good things the Lord's done, the angel told John, because of this, worship the Lord. Because of the because of this, worship God only. No one else could have given you a future like this. No one else could have done that for you. But when you find out it was Jesus and the testimony of Jesus only, amen, lift up your voice and give him praise. Somebody worship him for a few moments. Father, we love you. We thank you today for another opportunity to gather together in your house, to feel your presence, to feel your power. God, I don't ever want to come to church lightly. Every time I come and I hear the word of God, there is, there is a prophetic utterance that is pulling me out of my present and is taking me to a better future, God. Every time it might seem like a slight adjustment, but God, I know it's going to make my future better, God. And I'm just going to keep saying yes to you in my present so that I can take one more step forward into the future you have for me, God. I thank you, Lord, that we all have a future in you, Jesus. We can put our trust in you. We can put our hope, our joy, amen. All of our dreams can go in you, Jesus. And I pray, God, that you continue to keep us in your word. Keep us in your love. And Jesus, continue, Lord, to help us to walk with that testimony and share it with somebody else. Amen. It was the Lord that was on our side. It was Jesus that made the difference. Amen. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise and a shout of victory. Amen. John saw those that had the testimony of Jesus. Here's the beautiful thing about that. He was looking to the future. I have no doubt he saw some of us here today. Hopefully. <laughs> but guess what? He saw people that are not yet here. Which means we got to take the testimony. See, when you go home from church, it's like that moment where Jesus said, don't tell anybody anything. And then this guy said, well, I'm going to go blaze about the matter. He began to publish it much all throughout the city. That's the kind of spirit that leaves when we got a testimony of Jesus. We leave this building. We say, all right, I got to tell everybody what good things the Lord's done. Amen. Is anybody thankful for what God's been doing in your life? Amen. Has anybody got a testimony of how good God's been? 
If you've got a testimony of Jesus, go share it with somebody else because it just might be your testimony that changes somebody's eternity. And one day we'll all join together and sing Him great praise because we all got a testimony of Jesus. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give Him praise. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you on Wednesday night for our first lesson financial february there'll be some snacks amen hallelujah and then also uh in if, if you want some brother joel peterson brought some donuts they are in that back fellowship room help yourself fellowship with somebody in jesus name god bless you